0: We're gonna go ahead and jump into our new series. We're starting a, a new series this week, and uh, we'll be going through this series for the next several weeks. and And it's really interesting because as I was planning and looking and trying to go, okay, God, where, where is the next step? Where are we going as a church as we're going into the new year? How do we start? what What are you What are you speaking? And 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 I'm kind of looking at the whole year as kind of you know not just in this moment, but but throughout 2021. And what is this going to take? And and I just kept getting this this same word over and over again. And and this didn't start in December. This started like back in in. In, in or not in december started back in like september like god what are you saying what are you doing and i just kept getting one word and that's really the name of our series that we're going to be starting this week and it's quite simply courage it is going to take courage. If there was a word that I feel God has laid on my heart for this body of believers for 2021, maybe it's because I'm simple, maybe because God says, listen, he's not real bright. If I give him a whole bunch of stuff, he'll get confused. God gave me one word and it's simply the word courage. So we're going to start a series called Courage which I believe God has laid on my heart to to begin the year to kind of allow us to kind of get our mindset right, to get our focus right, because I believe that God is going to ask us to do things as individuals this year and as a body of believers that are going to take some courage. Some of the things that we're going to face, some of the things that we're going to go through, maybe even as a a community, as a country, as we are going to have to have some courage. Going to have to have some courage. And I think that's important. I want to kind of give you a definition of courage. I want you to kind of have this in your mind, because if we don't have this definition, um, we might have an, a, a, not an understanding of kind of where we're at. So in your notes, this is what it says. Is this is the definition of courage. It's the state or quality of mind or spirit that enables one to face danger or fear with self-possession, confidence, and resolution. And another word is bravery. We'll see that boldness, bravery, this idea of courage is so important. Now, we're going to get into this, but before we do, let's pray. Father, we love you and we thank you for this time. God, I pray that you would just speak through me, that God, that my words would cease and that yours would begin. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name amen. I don't know if it got up there before, but could we put up the, the, the title screen again, Monica? I want to kind of put that up there. Is that, there it is. Now, I don't know if you can see that real well. I know online you can see it probably a lot better, but, but I kind of wanted to start here kind of with the picture, because this picture here kind of, to me, speaks to a lot of things, and I don't know how well you can see it, but this is kind of a farm field, and, and there's a storm out in the distance and things like that. Several years ago, I remember Emily and I, this, I think even before Easton was born, uh, we would watch a show, and I believe it was called, storm catchers or storm chasers or something like that. Now you got to remember something. I grew up in the Midwest, okay? I grew up kind of on the edge of Tornado Alley. Every Wednesday as I grew up, the first Wednesday of every month, basically we heard the sirens that would go off, you know, and and basically they were testing the the tornado sirens. I remember there was a couple times as a kid we went down into the basement because there may have there was a tornado near. So, So I grew up with these storms in the spring and huge storms and tornadoes and all these things and this idea of this show was basically these people would would try to find tornadoes and get into them to to basically get data and science one guy was trying to make a movie an IMAX movie other guy was a scientist and so they were actually these guys that would like try to find the tornado and go drive into said tornado these were not the brightest minds in the world okay And this is what they would do. And this is what the show was about. And it was horrible because Emily and I are sitting there watching the show hoping that these individuals will find a tornado to drive into. We were very horrible people at the time, okay? And so when I think about courage and I think about what those guys must have gone through, and I remember even one time in the show, they were like, oh, did you hear about Joe? No, what happened? Well, he died. His car was flipped over and he died in the tornado because he was trying to get close, because he was trying to get... Scientific data so they could study and all these sort of things. And I just always remember that. And, and, and when, when John Gardner uh, put this picture as, as a possibility for our background and kind of our, our, our thing, I, it just spoke to me because it was like, that's what it is. It's courage to go into places and do things that other people would maybe shy away from. Proverbs 28.1 speaks to this, and it's where we're going to start this week. And this is what it says. It says, the wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are bold as a lion. The wicked run when no one is chasing them. But the righteous are the opposite. The righteous are courageous. The righteous are bold. Basically, and this is in your notes to understand, the wicked run from things, but the righteous run towards things. You see, God has called us as a people to sometimes deal with hard things. To go and be courageous and find the things that maybe others would run from that we run towards. We deal with things. We Even the hard things, even the things that are difficult. There may be relationships that you need to figure out and deal with, and, and your, 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 your normal self wants to run away, but God's saying you need to face those things. You need to deal with those things. The wicked run from things, but the righteous run towards things. And to kind of begin this series, I want to do a little bit of an introduction before we kind of jump into point two and kind of really what we're going to be talking about, but I need you to hold on to point one throughout this entire series, because this lays the groundwork, not just for today, but for the series as a whole, because here's the question, here's the question, what is necessary to live a life of courage? what is necessary we we all want to be brave we all want to be the person that's willing to deal with the hard things and be brave and have faith and be courageous do the amazing things for god that god has called us to do and called every one of us to do but what is necessary because what we have to figure out is is there anything that we have to have to make that a reality because that's got to be step one that's got to be where we And so we're going to look at something important here that goes along with Proverbs 28 and now moves into the New Testament with Romans 3.10. In Romans 3.10, it's a verse we've heard, and this is what it says. And the Scriptures say, no one is righteous, not even one. Now, Aaron, why would you bring that up? What What does it have to do with it? Because Proverbs says something very interesting. Proverbs says that the righteous are the ones that are as bold as lions. The righteous are the ones that come to a situation, don't run from it, but run towards it. The wicked run even when no one is chasing them. So now we have a problem. Because God has just told us nobody's righteous. If no one's righteous, no one can be courageous. If no one is righteous, no one can stand on the things of God and move forward with them with confidence and boldness. Thankfully, though, the story doesn't end in Romans uh, 3.10. Let's continue. Romans 3.22. The righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. You see, here's a big issue. Here's something that has been rattling around in my noggin for about nine months. There should be a difference between someone who has righteousness because of what Jesus has done and someone who doesn't. Did you hear what I said? You need to understand this comment. There needs to be a difference between someone who has the righteousness of Jesus and someone that doesn't. One way we see that is the wicked flee and the righteous go towards. They're as bold as a lion. Now here's what's great about this. It's not about you and me. It's not about you and I having that. It's understanding that we are made righteous because of what Jesus has done for us. But when Jesus has done that, when we've accepted that gift and now we are, because of Jesus, the righteousness of God, our life should be different. Our life should have a noticeable thing that other people don't have. We should see situations differently. We should deal with things differently. We should act differently. We should talk differently. Our lives should be categorized by many, many things but it should also be categorized by a courageous boldness that is found in the faith and in the steadiness of God. You know, the scripture talks about Jesus in many, many ways. Calls him many, many different things. But to go along with our understanding this morning, this is in your notes, you need to catch this. You see, Jesus became a lamb, so you and I could become a lion. Did you get that? Jesus became a lamb. He sacrificed himself. He was the lamb of God that took away the sins of the world so you and I could become a lion. I I just have a simple question. As you look at your life honestly, how lion-like are you? Because that's what Jesus gave himself so we could be we have the ability because we have accepted that gift because we have been made in the righteousness of god to have the confidence and boldness of a lion we have to understand that so what's necessary jesus what has to be there jesus why do we see so much fear and so much angst and so much worry in our world because there is a lack of jesus but you know what? The church needs to be different. The Christian needs to be different. There needs to be an attitude that is different. Not because we're just so brave and so awesome and have just got it all figured out, but because we have Jesus. It has to start there. Everything that we're going to be talking about over the next several weeks has to be based on that. You want boldness? You want the courageous attitude that God has given? Listen, Jesus became a lamb. He laid himself down so you could be a lion. It is time for the church, hear me, to start roaring again. Not roaring to make people afraid. Not roaring to say, look how big and strong we are. But standing on the promises and the goodness and the truth of God. It's what we need. It's time. It's what we need as we move into these things. I truly believe John was right on, line, right on point this morning. There is so much unsteadiness in our world. We've got to cling to Jesus who is the rock of our salvation. We cling to him. And if we do that, we can face the things in this, place, in this world that are scary. Why? Not because of us, but because of him. So it has to start there. Jesus became a lamb so you and I could be a lion. Now we're going to kind of jump into kind of more this week's message. And and not that this earlier part wasn't, but kind of the introduction. Now I want to kind of jump into something that I think really begins this series the way that I feel God is asking us to start it. And it's this, is courageously securing the promises of God. Courageously securing... The promises of God. And I think this is very important as we move into this to understand that that God has given us some promises, okay? Listen, God has given you promises. God has given this church promises. God has given us promises. And it's time that we start securing them. It's time that in times, we, 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 here's, the, here's what happens unfortunately sometimes in our lives. We all do it. I know I do it. We, we hear a promise of God and then we go, oh God, isn't that wonderful? That's a wonderful promise. And then we sit on our hands and say, okay God, ready. And a week passes or a month passes or a year passes and we're still sitting on our hands and we go, okay God, I'm ready. A lot of times, not every time. But let me honest with you, a lot of times, God wants you to be a part of securing the promises of God. He wants you to be a part of that. But here's the thing, and this is in your notes, and I, I want to be honest with you. I want you to see all of this. I want you to have it all in front of you so you know what, what we're getting into. Almost every promise of God comes with problems that can bring about pain. I'll be honest with you, I believe one of the reasons why so many promises are not secured by the people of God is because we don't like pain and we don't like problems. We're human. Nobody likes pain or you shouldn't. If you do, that's weird. Okay. Nobody says, boy, you know it'd be great today. You know it would be awesome if I was going out and I decided to build a doghouse. And in the process of building that doghouse, I took that hammer and I hit my thumb as hard as possible. Ooh, boy, wouldn't that be great. If you've done that, please come talk to me. I know some counselors that we can get you into, you know. Nobody does that. Pain is difficult. But you know what? Pain is sometimes necessary to bring about the promise. And we cannot cower in fear of the problems that pain that may arise as God brings forth and as we secure our promise. We're going to be talking a little bit this morning about the children of Israel. And, and, and I want to give you a quick, quick overview of kind of what takes place with them. Obviously, uh, starting around the uh, Exodus and so, we kind of talked about this last week with Moses. But, but they're, they're in slavery and, and, and God sends Moses and they're set free. And they, they experience some amazing things. They go out into the wilderness. The Red Sea is parted. Pharaoh's armies drowned. And they're, they're headed towards the promised land. This place that God has promised for a long, long time. They call it a land filled with milk and honey. And it's just this glorious place that God has said all the way back to Abraham. I have this place for my people and it's going to be this great thing. And now God is beginning that process of bringing forth that promise. And it's a great thing. And so they go through, you know, if you look through, they they have some great days, they have some horrible days, but they're, they're making their way, they're headed that way. And finally they get to basically, they're almost there. And Moses decides to do something that God doesn't ask him to do. Now I'm not saying it was the wrong thing to do, it's just that God didn't say you need to do this. But Moses sends out 12 spies to go and look at the land, to scout it out. To figure out, okay, what it is and what's going on and wow, people are the people strong, are they weak and all these sort of things. And so they do, they come back and ten of them have got their eyes focused on the pain and the problem and two don't. You see, here's the thing. This is in your notes. The promised land had some problems. You know, we kind of overlooked this a little bit. The promised land had some problems. It wasn't like God said, look, here's the promised land, head on in. There's some stuff that's there. And so here's some of the problems that the spies come back and tell them. He says basically the people were more powerful and stronger than they were. Scripture says that they basically said we're like grasshoppers to these people. Next, they had large fortified cities. Okay? These were not little, little farming towns with nothing around them that the Israelites could just walk into and said, hey, God gave us the land. And they say, oh, okay. This is a problem. This is a big problem. Next, they say, there's giants. There's giants going along with the grasshopper thing. They're giants. And finally, it was going to take a battle. These people were not going to just lay down and allow God's people to just walk in. You see, a lot of times when God gives us promises, there are problems that go along with it. The question becomes are we going to believe that our God is bigger than the problems? Are we going to be courageous enough to believe that? Well, because, listen, because of that situation, because of their doubting, because in that moment the the children of Israel begin to fear, they begin to cower, they begin to not claim their promise. It's only Joshua and Caleb that say, listen, our God is great, our God can handle this. This is nothing to him. Only two of the ten stood in the boldness of a lion and said, you know what? Our God can handle it. And because of that, because the children of Israel listened to the ten and didn't have faith of the two, every single one of them died in the desert. The children of Israel had to stay there another 40 years. Why? Why was it the 40 years? Simple. Because God waited for every single one of them to die. That generation, listen, hear me here, that generation that saw the plagues... That generation that saw the Nile turn from regular to blood. That generation that walked across the Red Sea as it was dry. That generation had to die out. You see, if we don't have the courage and the faith, hear me here, you need to understand this. God will find a people that does. And they will inherit the promise. Because God promises are yes and amen. The question becomes, are we bold enough to secure them? Or will someone else be bold enough to secure them? But God will see his promises done. And so those people had to die out. Guess who didn't? Joshua and Caleb. They stay. And so finally, after that generation, who should have known better, is gone now we pick up the story moses has passed not even moses got to go in but now we pick up the story in joshua 1 in joshua 1 we begin to see a group of people being willing to secure their promise and their promised land and this is what it says starting in joshua 1 6 through 7 then we'll jump to 9 this is god speaking to joshua his leader be strong And courageous. For you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Again, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either from the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. And now with verse 9. This is my command. Listen to me. God is not asking your opinion on whether you should be courageous or not. God is not asking your opinion if if you think you should be bold or not or believe his promises. When we don't, we're disobeying his command. Do you understand? Why? Because in the righteousness of Jesus, we can have this situation. It's important that we catch that. This is not an optional thing for us as Christians. Okay? This is what he says. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you everywhere you go. You know, I don't know if you knew this, and this is one of these pastory things that we like to say because it makes us sound really interesting. But you know, in scripture, the idea of, of God saying, don't be afraid, kind of goes along you know, with being strong, the opposite. You know, if you're not going to be afraid, you've got to be bold and strong. You know, there's about 365 times in scripture that takes place, one for every day. Really, what's that mean? It means simply God has commanded us to live a life every single day of boldness and courageousness. And what's awesome about that is also a life void of fear. Why can we be void of fear? Because we have Jesus. Because we have been made in his image. We have been saved and been made in the righteousness of Jesus because of what he's done. So let's look at this. Let's look at the final thing we're going to talk about. Let's look at some application that we need to see in this story so there are going to be three courageous steps that we need to take to secure the promised land and again i'm using secure on purpose okay because god wants us to be a part of what he is doing and we want to be a part of what he is doing so three steps that we need to take to take care of that number one number one it takes courage to possess the promised land It takes courage to possess the promised land. Let me help you out with something. This is my water bottle. I use it every week. I'm going to take a drink right now because I'm getting a little parched. This is mine. Okay. My wife bought this for me for Father's Day last year. It belongs to me. Okay. She gave it to me as a gift. This is very simple, it's very easy, but we need to remember this. As long as it stays there, it does nothing for me. As long as it's full of water, it's full of things I need to survive, it's very important to me. Keeps the water nice and cold, I like it a lot. But until I possess it, until I take it and use it for the purpose, what good does it do me? A lot of times as Christians we have tons and tons and tons of promises of God but because of fear or because of situations or because of things that just don't seem to make sense to us we refuse to possess what is a promise of God that God has given us. Can I ask you a simple question? What are some promises that you have yet to possess because you are afraid? Well it may not work out. The, the, the person you know, that, that I want to talk to about Jesus may reject me. They may not like what I have to say. They may think I'm one of those religious kooks where God has promised us that His word would not come back void. What promises do we refuse to possess? Here's the thing. When you look at the Israelites, the, four, the, the, the ones that died in the wilderness... It was right there. All they had to do was go possess what the promise was for them and their children, but they refused to do it. Why? It's in your notes. This is important because this is a mind shift that we all need to have in our situations and in our life. Listen, the children of Israel could not possess the promised land because they had a possessed mindset. They could not own the land because they were used to being Owned. You see, here's what you, when you study the children of Israel, listen, hear me here. Those individuals that were slaves in Egypt, although they were given freedom by God, they never quite got out of their slave mindset. They never were able to totally allow themselves to have freedom from that. They were possessed by other things. They were owned by other people. They weren't owned by God why you see it over and over and over again when things don't go well when things when there's a little bit of pain with the promise what do they do oh just to be back in egypt we had onions in egypt and all we have is this manna god why did you bring us out to the desert to die we've been better off in egypt you know what's interesting and this is important The new generation, they never say, they never talk about Egypt again. Hear me here. A lot of us refuse to possess the promise because we're possessed by the past. We're possessed by the pain of the past. We're possessed and owned by other things. Listen, when you gave your life to Jesus, you were bought with a price. You do not own yourself anymore, but you have the choice to have the mindset of one bought by God and made righteous in his sight or the one that identifies him or herself with the pain of the past. It's up to you. But you will not be able to have the courageous boldness that God wants you to have until you, are, you stop being owned by fear and by the past. You see, here's the interesting thing. Those, those, those people, they should have been able, even with the ten people that, that, that said it. I mean, at this point, we don't know exactly how many Israelites there are, but, but there, might, there possibly could have been up to millions of, of Israelites. And ten people made them forget about the Red Sea. You see, here's the thing. You can allow your past to control you and steal from you God's promises, or you can look at your past, see the faithfulness of God, even in the midst of heartache, and know if he had me then, he'll have me today. It just depends on who owns you. It just depends on who possesses you. Number two, it takes courage to obey the plan that leads to the promised land. It takes courage to obey the plan. Now listen, this is... This is you have to catch this, okay, because this is one of those things that 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 you don't usually hear on a Sunday morning. Okay? Now, after this, after this takes place, we have several things that take place, and the majorly, the major thing that really takes place, and there's some really cool things, I'm not saying they're they're not cool, but but is is Jericho that takes place, excuse me, in in Joshua 6. So they've crossed the river Jordan. And now you're going, all right, here we go. We're going to, there's Jericho. We're going to go take Jericho. This is the first step. This is the battle. This is the situation. I'm sure Joshua's sitting there going, okay, God, I'm ready to obey. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to do it. Let's fight. Let's go. Let's do rah, 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 siskoomba, and all the other stuff. But before we get to Joshua 6, we got to get to Joshua 5. So let's do that. Joshua 5, 2 and 3. This is what it says. At that time, the Lord told Joshua, Go fight, go do awesome things, be brave and courageous. Nope. Make flint knives and circumcise this second generation of Israelites. So Joshua made flint knives and circumcised the entire male population of Israel at Gilbeth Harthavah. these aren't little boys. This is the entire male population. Uh, uh, God, um, listen, I, I know I've just been made the leader, and I know you've spoken to me about being brave and courageous and all these sort of things, um, but, but, but uh, really the first major thing you're asking me to do is circumcise all the guys? Uh, really? God, uh, uh, really? God, they, they may not like that, got a simple question are we willing to obey when it's not fun to obey are we willing to obey when it's not fun to obey because i guarantee you that wasn't fun not for joshua and not for all the guys but god commanded it god was testing will you obey me in this before they ever got to jericho Before they ever started conquering the land, God asked Joshua to do the thing that wasn't fun. And he obeyed. And hear me here, I truly believe this. Because when you look at circumcision and all it meant, and all, I mean, I truly believe without Joshua 5, there would have been no Joshua 6. That awesome story that we're going to talk about in just a second wouldn't have taken place if Joshua wasn't willing to obey even when it was hard, even when it wasn't fun. Even, listen, I probably in Joshua's mind, he's going, God, I don't know if this makes a lot of sense. God, do we really? Have, hey, can't we just start with the babies and, and then we'll just go from there? No. No. You see, it's one thing to obey God when it hurts you, it's another when it hurts the people around you that's when it gets hard but listen God's plans are still good yes and amen and we have got to be willing listen it takes a ton of courage and a ton of bravery to say you know what I will obey the plan not the plan of a man but the plan of a God who has a great, great destiny for every single one of us. That's when it takes a massive amount of courage. But that's what God has called us to do at times. Number three, and the final thing. It takes courage to praise, before, uh, praise God before the promised land is secure. It takes courage to praise God before the promised land is secure. Joshua has obeyed God in in Joshua 5, and now we get to number chapter 6. Let's look at it together. Joshua 6, 1 through 5. Now the gates of Jericho were tightly shut because the people were afraid of the Israelites. Isn't that interesting? Stop there for a second. What did we see at the very beginning? The wicked run these people were afraid why why they didn't have jesus they didn't have a god with a plan and a destiny and so they're afraid there was there was and there should have been a difference between those in jericho and those about ready to fulfill god's promise for them so it completely makes complete sense that the people in jericho are afraid No one was allowed to go in or out. But the Lord said to Joshua, I have given you Jericho, its king and all its strong warriors. You and your fighting men should march around the the town once a day for six days. Seven priests will walk ahead of the ark, each carrying a ram's horn. On the seventh day, you are to march around the town seven times with a priest blowing the horns. When you hear the priests give a loud, one long blast on the ram's horn, Have all the people shout as loud as they can. Then. Order matters. Then the walls of the town will collapse and the people can charge straight into the town. Here's the thing. It takes a lot of courage to shout and praise When the walls are still standing and looking you in the face. But God at times has called us to be brave enough and courageous enough and have the faith that says you know what it doesn't matter how big the walls are in front of me it doesn't matter the situation or the circumstance I find myself in if God has given me that promise I will shout I will praise I will thank Him in advance I will live a life of gratitude and thanksgiving because I know when I do those things I know when I live a life of courageousness and boldness and and faith that holds on to the promises of God, when God says walls will fall. Problem is, is, a lot of times we don't want to shout till the walls collapse. Can I, can I be honest with you? Listen to me. It's easy to shout after the walls have collapsed. Anybody can shout when the walls collapse anybody can get excited if we bring somebody up here who's got cancer and God has healed them and miraculously cleansed their body. We can shout then, can't we? But you know what? It takes courageousness to be sitting in that room when the doctor says there's no hope, there's nothing we can do. The body has been ravaged from head to toe. It's only a matter of time. It takes time. It's hard at that moment to be courageous enough to say, you know what God, even though this moment's going on, I will praise you. I will praise you in the good moments and in the hard moments because you are good and you are worthy. That takes courageousness. Where is that in the church today? Where is that in my life today? Let's be a little more personal. It's hard to shout when you're looking at walls that seem impossible. But listen to me. Listen to the order. God gave the promise, and that's all the people needed to shout. I love that. You see, God doesn't look at you and I and basically say, I'm not going to give you any promise till you shout. We've already got the promises. Listen, listen, hear me. This book is full of amazing promises. We got the promises. It's time that we start shouting. But, but Aaron, you don't understand. Look what's going on in our world right now. We still have the promises. But, 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 but this is happening, and that is happening, and this, we still have the promises. Where's the shout? You see, I truly believe this. I believe that there are walls that God wants to tear down in this church and in our lives, in our community, and you know what he's waiting for? He's waiting for a group of people that have the courageousness enough to say, you know what, I'll shout at the wall because my God is bigger than any wall. But it takes courage. If the worship team wants to come up, I just want to, and this is one last question in your notes. Do you have the courage to believe in God when everything around you is telling you not to? Do you have the courage to believe in God when everything around you is telling you not to? You see, here's, here's the thing. We all, we all want to be brave, at least I think we do. I know I do. I, mean, I, I want to be brave. I want to have faith. I want to be courageous. I want, you know, maybe it's, um, maybe it's just me, but I don't think it is. But, but I want to do that, and this is silly, okay, because this doesn't make sense. I want to be brave and courageous when you don't have to be brave and courageous, Remember the, the definition of it? It's, it? To be brave and courageous, you've got to face something that's kind of scary. To be brave, there has to be a situation where there's a difference between a, someone that's brave and a coward. You get what I mean? And, and, and the promises of God, as much as I wish, were just this easy little walk in the park, a lot of times they're not. There's problems that are involved in it. There's, there's, there's Jerichos that we've got to face. There's giants that we're going to have to face. We spent a little bit over the summers looking at the life of David and, 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 and we didn't spend a lot of time on David and Goliath, but, but you know, David had the promise that he was going to be the next king of Israel, but there was still a Goliath in his path. There was still a Saul in his path that he had to be willing to be courageous enough to fight. God has called us, God has commanded us to be a people that is as bold as a lion you go Aaron I don't know if I can do this listen I got a simple question I'll make it real easy because I, that's, that's how I do things have you accepted Jesus now if you haven't if Jesus is not your personal Lord and Savior hey guess what we can do today we can do it that can, be, that can happen but if you have listen hear me you have everything you need to be the lion that God's called you to be everything you need because you have been made righteous you're not going to do it perfectly you're not going to always handle everything just right but you know what I'll just be honest with you I think God's kind of tired of the playing it safe in the church as a whole I think god would rather say you know what i'd rather you go and begin the process of possessing your promises and your promised land even though there's going to be and if you know the story there's going to be some aching moments where they failed where they lost a battle or two but yet the promise was still fulfilled look I, i can only speak for me and i know in my own life a lot of times the fear of failure, the fear of, I'm going to mess up or not do the right thing, can paralyze me from possessing promises that God has for me and my family and this church. And in front of all of you and everybody online and whoever sees this, I need you to, I'm asking for your forgiveness. because I haven't been the Joshua that God's called me to be either. Because there's been times where I focused on the wrong things and there's been times where I've allowed the fear of what might happen to keep me in the desert. See, it's real easy to to look at the, the 40, you know, the people that, that didn't make it in and, and oh how could they? they They did, but we all do it at times but I believe it's time not to be reckless not to be silly but if God says I've given you the city then it's time to go get the dang city even if it's scary even if we may fail. It's time to be bold and courageous. So let's pray. Father, we come to you right now. And God, it can be so easy for us. To yell, it's somebody else's job. It's somebody else's place. I'm meek. I'm mild. I'm, I'm not that person. But we can be bold as a lion because we have been made righteous by you. And Father, if there's anyone in this, within the sound of my voice here online or whenever, that Father, they need to accept you. They need to allow you to become that righteousness in them. Father, I pray that in this moment, they would pray that prayer that simply says, God, I love you. God, I need you. God, I'm a sinner who needs a Savior. And Jesus, I know that you came and you became a li- a lamb. You offered yourself. And because you did that, I can be forgiven. I can be made new. I can become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And so Jesus, if I never have right now, I welcome you in. I welcome you in. And God, for the rest of us who have done that, God, we have all we need to have the boldness and the courage and the strength and the fortitude that we need to accomplish and grab a hold and secure the promises that you've given us. They may be promises that deal with this church. They may be promises that deal with our family or our relationships or or, or in our own personal life. They may be promises with our finances or our health. Whatever it is, God, whatever the promise is that you have given, it is yes and amen. It is done in your name. And now it's time for us to walk in and begin the process of securing the Israelites didn't secure the promised land in one day. It took time. But God, for some of us, it's time to begin the process of possession. No matter what it looks like, no matter how thick the walls are, you've commanded us be strong and courageous. Why can we be strong and courageous? Because you will go with us wherever. We go. That was spoken to Joshua way before Jesus came. Now the Holy Spirit dwells in us. You can't get much closer than that. So we can be bold, we can be courageous, we can obey the plan. We can possess the promise. We can praise even though it's hard and even though there's pain and even though it doesn't always make sense. We can praise now knowing that God's promises will come. So help us. We love you. We thank you. Let's all stand. Hey, listen. Let's do what we should be doing right now which is let's begin the praise even before the promise is fulfilled. Let's begin to worship even before the promise may be fulfilled. Let's turn it over to John and the worship team to lead us in that praise and in that worship. Listen to me hear me because I really believe in my spirit I know what's happening right now to some of you right now the enemy has begun to tell you you can't do this hear me listen to me right now the enemy knows what can happen when people start believing and acting on the promises of god with courageousness and boldness and he's already begun that process no no not you somebody else you can't do that you're too timid you're too small you're too weak you haven't been saved long enough you don't you don't have a testimony you don't have the ability you're not good enough listen to me hear me now you tell that liar and the king of all lives to go back to hell where he belongs he is a liar and he is lying to you with God all things are possible with Jesus things can happen that could not happen any other way so you don't have to have boldness that you can do it, but have courage and boldness knowing He can do it through you. And don't listen to the lie. Don't listen to the lie. It's already begun because the enemy knows. The enemy knows. Let's stand on the promise, let's stand on the righteousness. Let's stand on the authority that has been given to us by Jesus because it was given to Him by God. We can do it. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for this morning. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray against any lies of the enemy that would happen now, tomorrow, or the next week or the next year. Father, I pray against that. And Father, we take authority over that. We bind it and we cast it out. Not because of our authority, but because of yours. And we stand on yours. And your name. So Father, we come. And we ask that you make us courageous. You make us bold. You make us not a people of fear, but a people of faith. That will obey your word. No matter what lays in front of us. We love you. We thank you. You're so good. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Listen, thanks for being here. I hope you have a wonderful week for you that are online. We love you. We miss you. We hope you're doing well. If you need anything, if anybody else ever needs anything, please let us know, okay? Let us know, okay? We love you. We thank you. Have a great week. We'll see you on Wednesday night for prayer, all right? Have a great week. Love you.